Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Level Up podcast. I'm Brendan Payne. I'm here with my partner in the podcast and business, Greg Harrelson. Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Good, good, good. Well, we've got a return guest today that I'm excited about. I know you are, um, Mr. Brett Jennings out of the West Coast. You're in San Jose, right? Yeah, San Jose, Silicon Valley. Outstanding. Well, Brett, you have been on the show before, so I appreciate you coming back. Excited to uh, to get uh, the update on what's happening with you and kind of dive into uh, what's what's happening in the real estate industry right now. Yeah, excited to be here. Excited to share. You know, obviously, I think as Greg and I are going to talk, we're we're uh, we're at a point in this industry that um, there's a lot of change afoot. A lot of it is happening kind of beneath our feet and behind the scenes. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's all, it's all essentially good for those people who are really committed to the business and being professionals and, um, and, you know, being, being in this industry for the long haul. Yeah, for sure. So you just mentioned something. I mean, the, the industry is always changing. The business is always changing, but, um, what are you seeing right now? Because it feels like it's, it's feels like it's in warp speed. Like there's a lot of opportunity, but there's the way things that uh, were done before don't seem to, to work like they have in the past and models are changing. So what are you seeing out there as the biggest, uh, the biggest difference? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, um, the consumer is moving to the front of the transaction. When I say the front or the center of the transaction, you know, um, COVID obviously forced us to change the ways that we've done business. Um, you know, in, 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 in a lot of ways, we forced consumers to do the business the way we wanted done. I know with my buyer's agents leading up to, you know, prior to COVID, uh, when we had a buyer inquiry come in, it was always, hey, well, come on into the office, you know, let's get you into the office, let's sit down together. That's not necessarily the way the consumers want to do business. Yeah. Um, and so I think the consumer, you know, uh, needs and and the consumer expectations are, are now driving, um, you know, how both agents are going to work, how teams are going to work, and more importantly right now, how brokerages are going to look. Um, you know, I, it's, it's interesting, when we look back 50 years ago, I, I, I would say what's happening in real estate right now as an industry is, is it's going through a renaissance. Because um, if you look back 50 years ago, uh, you know, we didn't have big box brands like, you know, Compass or C21 or Cobalt Banker across the country. We didn't have big national brands. It was a lot of boutiques, uh, boutique offices. And, um, and then those obviously got all consolidated into the, most of the big box brands we know today. But in that process, you know, agents um, were somewhat commoditized, you know, um, where Joe or Jane at that brokerage had to have the same look and feel as everyone else. And um, what's interesting is, you know, brokerage commoditized the agent. And now I think we're seeing a turning of the tide where uh, agents are commoditizing the brokerage. They recognize, um, you know, uh, brokerages are, are no longer serving agents. And Greg, we can, we can dig into this, but I think, you know, it starts with, right, like how traditional brokerages, the compensation models were set up 
for top producers and, and lower producers. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you, you're, you're, you're really, you're, you're throwing a lot out there that, um, that I know you and I have conversations and it's like, wow, there's a lot of conversations here that we can kind of go in. But I agree. I, I, I love how you're saying that the uh, agents or teams are sl- starting to commoditize the brokerages. And that is a really shift. Now, I don't know. Um, oh, let me say that shift in my mind is occurring by default versus by defi- by design. And what I mean by that is by default, teams, solo agents have had to figure out how to get the resources that they need and they weren't getting it and have not been getting it from the traditional brokerages. So therefore they had to go figure out how to do it. I think it started by brokerages declining in their relevancy and then the agents happen to now in order to survive and thrive, they got to go figure it out. Now they're starting to figure it out. And then we realize and my, this is my my perception, is some of these teams that are doing this, they really actually look like new brokerages. They just don't, they're not, they're not maybe the brokerage, but if you take out who's paying for the lease of the space and who's the broker in charge, they're actually front, uh, uh, functioning as a brokerage. It's just that they're doing the duties that real estate agents need from their brokerage. It's just they're doing it under the team model now. 100%. And, and if you, we think about it, though, too, it, 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 I think it all starts, right, because how the compensation models in real estate brokerage, you know, at least for the last 20 years or so with the big box brokerages evolved was, you know, those agents who were less experienced that were brand new were at a much lower split, you know, say 50, 50. Uh, and, and those agents that were experienced doing higher volume were, were at a higher split, you know, somewhere maybe 80 or 90%. Yeah. So the broker is only making 10% on that guy or gal, but those guys that are only doing five or 10 deals a year, they're making 50% on. So, you know, it really put the broker in a position where it's like, Hey, well, I don't want a guy that does 50 deals a year that I only make 10% on. I, I'd rather have 10 guys that do five deals a year that I make 50% on. And, and I don't need to provide a lot of support to those guys um, because, you know, they don't need a lot of support. They're only doing five deals a year. They can go hang their signs, flyers, lock boxes, and do all that stuff themselves because they got time to do it. And I think they, that, you know, I think we both agree that the traditional brokerage model has failed the top agent and the top teams in that regard, forcing these guys or gals like yourself, myself, to, to go find, build these resources uh, for our own teams. And, and now um, kind of, it's quite literally turned the table. <laughs> um, yeah. where, it's turned it upside down. Yeah. It really has. It's turned it upside down because I think one, one of the things that I'm gathering from this, from what you're saying is, and I think this is what you're saying, is... Okay, you've got these agents inside a brokerage that are demanding better commission splits, and they're justifying it by saying, hey, I'm not really utilizing, you're you're not really providing a lot of value. I'm having to go outside to get that value. I have to incur these expenses with third-party vendors to get what I really want to get from you, but you're not providing. So therefore, if I'm going to hang out with you, then I need a better commission split. 
let's just assume for a moment that the brokerage says yes, because they want to keep this top agent. Well, then all of a sudden the top agent then is going to say, well, I need a little bit more money. Can we? And then they keep squeezing the brokerage and then the brokerage has no profitability to actually offer any services. And so they, they, they push the brokerage to be in a position where the brokerage has no profit to offer services. Then they leave because the brokerage doesn't actually offer any services. Well, they don't have any money to offer it. So now to part two. Now they go and start their own team. They go pay for all these services. And then they start realizing, gosh darn it, now that I have to pay for all these services, it's not actually that profitable to be a team either. Yeah, correct. And I, I, and think- I, don't, think, I don't think that we've entered into the space where the teams are starting to really come full circle and realize that, that once you become a team and a big team, then a lot of times your margins also shrink. So you got to really be good with the money. But with a, a hot market like we're in right now, it's like people are not understanding that when the market shifts, they're going to be like, dang, yeah. now it feels like to be a brokerage. Now there's going to be some very fantastic teams that are going to thrive, but a lot of people that are just kind of like dabbling, they could get pinched. Yeah, no, that's 100% true. When, when there's a saying, I think it is, and, and it, 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 it was Warren Buffett or somebody said, you know, when the tide rolls out, we see who doesn't have their swim trunks on. That's <laughs> it. I love that one. So when the market does shift, we'll see who's, you really have a good durable uh, P&L and economic model. Because I think you're right, and I've experienced this myself too, having been a solo agent, built a team inside of a brokerage, then said, Hey, why am I paying eighty-five fifteen? You know, I'm I'm going to pay two hundred thousand dollars to to my broker. You know, I'd be better off going out on my own. And I and I did. We went out the next year on our our own with a partner. We did hundred million in business, hundred transactions. We have a higher price point here. Um, and lo and behold, my operating cost for you know insurance, office, all that stuff was eleven percent. So I really didn't save much. I mean, I saved like three or four percent offer what I was paying when I was operating under that larger brokerage. But some people need to go down there and have that mental exercise for themselves. But you know, the, the, the truth be told is there are obviously the whole evolution now that brokerage is being commoditized. When you have any industry that becomes commoditized, it's going to drive price down. So we're seeing you know these 100% commission shops where they just charge a transaction fee like Realty One or you know capping models like uh, EXP. But I think to your point, like I, I know, I know a, a really large, prominent EXP team leader, um, and you know they've they've built a big organization, and it is a low cost operating platform. But I, you know, I look at their org chart, and he shared his PL and on three hundred million in business, only netted like a million two to a million five, which is not a not a huge margin for a team. So, and that's because they have to hire that additional infrastructure support and staff, which. Which I think, you know, kind of, if we're just talking about, okay, where's the industry going? You know, they got EXP out there. It's a low cost, a low support model, collaboration driven. You know, you get to, to partner with peers because somebody's making a, a small percentage of revenue share, whatever that might be. That's probably one of the, the, the good innovations about that model. Then you've got, you know, the other uh, low cost discount models that are transaction fee only. Um, but I think there's there's a, a third model that's emerging that I think you and I are both kind of um, iterating on, which is kind of this hybrid between a brokerage and a team, you know, and um, and that so so for people who may not have followed you and, and and for you to reiterate to me, like kind of what is your value proposition? I know you operate as a brokerage, but that culture that you have built and the resources that you provide are much more like a team. Yeah. 
You know, it's interesting. And, and I put a lot of thought to this one, Brett. And, um, and, and here's, I'll, I'll go backwards for a moment. And as I'm listening to numerous conversations, reading numerous articles, you know, um, especially things like Inman, they like to stir it up, right? And so you take an Inman and um, and they then all these articles are brokerages dead, are brokerages relevant? Like I'm really, uh, I, I'm really thankful for all those questions and all that doubt because it really had me reflect. And I had to say my, cause I'm a brokerage, right? But I'm really a hybrid like you. And, but I own the brokerage. And I had to ask myself, I says, what, what is my value? And then I'm starting to look around and I'm realizing that nobody's answering that question. You know, oh, we got a good culture. Okay, I got it. If you really want to know what agents value, follow their money. 100%. Follow their money. Now, you and I have, uh, you know, have participated in lead programs, still participate in lead programs. We spend money on leads. Lots of agents spend money on leads. That's why there's companies out there like the Realtor.coms, the Zillows, the all these lead aggregators is because there's a lot of agents that see value in leads. That's where the money goes. There's a lot of agents that see value in coaching. There's millions of dollars going out on coaching products and coaching programs. There's millions of dollars going out in marketing services and transaction services. So if you look at the, the probably the four areas where the most money is spent from a real estate agent, it's leads, coaching, marketing, and transaction management slash assistance. So when I looked at that and I said, that's the top four areas where everyone's spending money, then my value of a brokerage to an agent is I must provide the leads, I must provide the coaching, I must provide the transaction management and the marketing services. And as long as I do that, I provide the value, then I'm still relevant. 100%. You, you hit the nail on the head. And I think I think if we look at what all of those things aim to do, you know, when an agent goes to spend money on leads, they go to spend money on coaching, they go to spend money on support, they ultimately want to do more deals, they want to make more money, you know? And, and, and the, 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 the problem with, you know, the 0% uh, commission split model is that that's always a race to the bottom. You know, you, the question is, you know, do you want 100% of a grape or do you want 100% of a, or 70% or, or of a watermelon, yeah. you know? And so I think the opportunity when we, when we bundle, and, and, and it's a conversation I had with somebody recently with the word that they use is say what happened with real estate brokerages is 50 years ago, the broker did actually provide all that stuff for the guys and gals. And then somehow we got to the point where, uh, where, they, where they bundled all those services and they provided that. And that's what made the broker valuable. But somehow just how the industry evolved, we had this unbundling happening where everyone was going out to buy their own CRM and buy their own coaching and they've unbundled it. And then therein, the value of the broker evaporated. Yeah, I think the real opportunity is, you know, for brokers like you and I, and or for agents who really want to find out what's the future of real estate, like, where do I go? Where's the, where's, you know, where's the puck going, as uh, Wayne Gretzky says, um, it, it is, it is to the future of real estate belongs to agents, teams and brokerages that that are consolidating these services, providing tons of value to their agents, so that the agents can do what they do best. And that is meet with clients, like pro prospect for business, because they have leads and opportunities to follow up on, meet with clients, negotiate offers, and take listings. 
you know, and, and if people, if we can allow our agents to stay in that zone, then their, their income really almost becomes unlimited, especially if we give them the capacity to build teams. So um, I think, you know, what, what you and I are seeing and, and what's happening in real estate is there is a changing happening uh, and there's a change that's happening and, and it's, it's the evolution towards this, this hybrid model. I, I call it Team Ridge. Uh, I'll the trademark for it, whether or not it sticks or not, we'll see. But it, you know what? I, I was trying to think that yesterday I was talking to somebody and I was and I remembered I heard somebody call it a unique name. I just remembered it was you, Team Ridge. Team Ridge. Because I was trying to explain. I said, well, I'm not a team. I'm not a brokerage. I'm a I'm a hybrid. It's a team, bridge. It's team Bridge. Yeah, team I like you, you offer way more support and services than a traditional brokerage, but then you offer higher splits possibly than, than a traditional team. Um, you know, and, 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 and it's all aligned about, you know, really helping the best agents uh, with the best, most potential maximize their potential because they've got all those resources. They don't got to have to go sign up for coaching and find the leads and do all this because you, you've all brought it together for them uh, in, 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 under one roof. So um, we're excited, man. We, we've, um, you know, we've got some amazing stories uh, that we have created for our agent partners um, just to give you an idea of the what, kind what, why do you call them agent partners? I just want to see your what's the what's your mindset behind the word partner? Yeah, well, the, the difference is, um, you know, I, I, I see our agents as partners in the sense that we're building and creating value together. I, I don't want to be a service provider, I don't want to see my agent as a customer because um, there's a problem there. You know, if, if, Greg, if, if I'm your customer and I have a problem, I come to you and say, Greg, I got a problem. Please fix it. If you're, if we're partners and I have a problem, I say, oh, great. We have a problem. Uh, how do we fix it? Love it. Yeah. So it, it puts us in a space of mutual accountability. And I think in that space of mutual accountability is where, you know, we're, we're humans, uh, you know, who want to grow up, perform, perform in, in a great way. But if you wouldn't mind giving me screen share privileges, just to, just to show you kind of what, um, this is a quick recap. This is out of one of our decks that we're using uh, to share for um, our agent, I mean, our, our, our potential partners that we're, we're talking to, but just to show what's possible, um, if I can get screen share privileges there. So this is just to give you an idea, like what, when we, when we execute what Greg's talking about or what I'm talking about, we can bring together coaching leads and transactional support and marketing for, for agents, the kind of growth that they can experience. Um, you know, this was an agent here that uh, we worked with, you know, he had done seven transactions uh, in, his, in his previous brokerage, came over, wanted to grow. And, you know, in first year did 13 transactions this year, he's pacing for about 40. Um, you know, this is another agent was at KW did five transactions first year with us, you know, does 17. Um, this was a brand new agent starting from ground zero. We put her in the ISA role, by the way, if anybody's listening to this and you're a brand new agent, probably the single best role that, that you can step into. And it's not easy, but I promise you it will set you up for success is the inside sales role. Spend six months to a year in that seat and you will have more conversations with people about real estate. Every single person I've put in the ISA role that's been done well in that role has come out of the gate and done 20 transactions at least their first year. Um, and then this, this is another great example. This is someone I you know, came into our platform again. You know, it took me five years. Uh, it took me 
more than five years, it took me about six years or so to get to uh, close to 100 transactions in this kind of commission volume. Um, and she came in because I'd already put these things together, the coaching, the systems and support. She was attendee only year producer as a solo agent, came in, worked on my team for a year. And then I helped her launch her own team in 2019. Uh, she did 50 transactions. 2020, she did 83 transactions. 2021, we're year to date. This is being recorded in June right now. She's already at 87 transactions halfway through the year. So, uh, and she'll do probably close to 4 million in GCI. So it's just, it just goes to show what, you know, what the future of real estate can look like um, when, when, when a broker is intelligent about providing the ideal conditions for someone to choose success, you know? Yeah. You know, that's, that, that, that's, that was really uh, great to see. And, and the, just the, the growth trajectory. It's a true, I mean, it's really a validation of like, what, forget about brokerage team or team bridge for a moment. When agents are given access to resources, whether they be lead sources, whether they be coaching, transaction manage, management, or any of the very the various things it could be, when you give them the resources and the platform to succeed, they excel. Like, like these thoughts of like average agents in America only doing four deals, six deals, seven deals. It doesn't have to be like that. I think you're right. But I mean, it we, doesn't we, have yeah. to be that, that. That's because that's the average production based on the average resources provided to the agents. But if you look at like somebody like yourself and you look at, okay, you're, 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 not, the, you're not providing the average resources you're not getting the average results either. There's a, it's so clear that we just offer more resources, build the platform. So, so if I'm an agent, you know, and I'm thinking about, um, you know, I'm in your market and I'm thinking, gosh, I really want to grow my business. Like what, what are some of the resources that you feel, I kind of shared with you some of mine, is there anything different that you feel like, hey, gosh, this is additional resources that when I provide, these agents excel at a high, higher ratio? It, it's, it's, what's on our list is the same thing. We, we, we yeah. categorize it, in, in, um, we categorize it in, in five areas. The one, the one that's, that, that's an intangible that we can't buy is culture, yeah. right? And so... Um, you know, what, what we know is like, I remember growing up playing sports one year and I know one year I played, played pop Warner football, you know, from the time I was eight till I was 13 and then played for high school. But I remember my third year, we had a remarkable coach and an awesome team. And I remember like the difference between the coach and the culture, right. That he created, it was the same kids I've been growing up with the last two years but we crushed it because we, we had a better leader and then he was creating an environment that elevated us all to the next level. So, um, you know, when I made the decision to leave the first brokerage I was at my second year, I was number two in the office. I just was like, wait a second, something's wrong here. You know, I'm the big fish in a, in a small pond maybe. And, and we had hundred agents, and 35 listings on the board. I went to the brokerage down the street. That was a regional, you know, dominant player. And they had hundred agents and hundred listings. I said, even though it's going to cost me more money to operate in this environment than it would at the brokerage I was at, I'm like, I'm much more likely to get my goal in this environment because I understood one principle. Environment is stronger than willpower. 
environment is stronger than willpower. The most successful people don't let their own willpower determine their success because your own willpower is only going to take you so far. So culture is that first piece. But beyond that, it's leads. You know, we have a partnership with Zillow and Zillow Flex. So, you know, we drive, um, you know, 15 to 20 quality connections, not leads, like really live people on the phone wanting to see or sell a property. And some of those things are huge, man. We had a, a, a showing for a $46 million property last week. Wrote an offer for the client at 36 million. So I don't think we're going to get it. But um, and these are opportunities that, you know, quite frankly, we we wouldn't have had, didn't weren't seeing when we were doing other types of paid marketing. So that's the benefit of that. Um, then so culture leads, uh, as we talked about, um, we also market to their sphere of influence. You mentioned marketing, it's making sure most agents fall down on the job, just making sure that they stay in front of their sphere of influence. So the agents put their sphere into a CRM. Uh, we make sure that, that that there's direct mail going out to their sphere of influence every month so that their people can't forget about them. What's that stat says that, you know, 70% of consumers surveyed said they use the same agent they used before, but only 20% actually do. Why? Because they just, they forget about you uh, when, when the time comes. So we want to make sure that doesn't happen. The, last, the next piece is accountability. That's also kind of part of culture, but that's the accountability and training. Accountability, coaching, training. Um, that's what most coaching is, you know, um, there's training and coaching, but the, a, lot, a huge part of the value and benefit people get from these paid coaching programs is just that weekly check-in with someone. Systems, you know, got to have good systems, good solid CRM. We haven't used Boomtown here as our main CRM, but there's a number of good ones out there. Most of the brokerages aren't providing or offering something great. And then the last one, support, transactional processing, you know, 80% of real estate's that 20 to $30 an hour work. And if you're a solo agent, you're getting tangled up in all that stuff down in the weeds where you could be spending you know, high dollar value activity, contacting clients or meeting with clients and, and doing that. So that's our formula um, in, in what we're offering in our, quote, our team ridge model. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that, that's helping create exceptional success for people. So um, I'm excited, man. It's, it's, it's the brokerage industry may be on its heels, but for the, you know, the innovators like yourself that are committed to adding value and creating environments where people can choose success, um, you know, I think, I think the future is, is bright, but. Yeah. You know, I, I, as you're talking, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, if I'm working with you, um, your platform seems to offer me the opportunity to, uh, to for increased revenue. So, in, you know, make more money, but I, I also don't want to make it about the money because not everyone's driven just by the money, but I do see that I can be, I can, I can likely earn more money. But what I really wrote down here is as you were talking, it's like, you know what? I, I would have more freedom of time to do what I really want to do with my life. You know, like I, I, I want to be committed to my business, but if I could turn the, 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 the lights off of the real estate business on the weekend, or I could turn it off in the evening and actually enjoy my family or my spouse or relationships or hobbies, like that means the world to me. And so as you're talking, I'm thinking if you'll do all the heavy lifting and do all that stuff, then that allows me to actually do some things that I want to do beyond real estate. And, and to, that's an attractor in, in, in addition to money to go in under one of these programs. It, it, it is because ultimately you can become more efficient and more effective with your time. So again, you know, you're, for, the, for the average agent that's listening out there um, and you're trying to evaluate what your next move is, um, you know, 
the operating cost of an environment is one part of the equation, but how much efficiency will you gain um, in, in, in where you select? Because it might not be money, might not be what the next level of real estate will add to your life. Maybe it is more time freedom that, that you're looking for. Um, you know, but that's, that's, uh, that's afforded and that's, that's possible in these environments where efficiency is built into the model for you. Yeah. You can either go take that time and do more deals and make more money, or you can take your time, be more efficient, make the same or more money with less, less that time and effort. Yeah. And invest more time in yourself and more time in yourself or with your family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brenda, before we wrap it up, any final questions that you have? I mean, he's got, yeah. I know, I, I, I know I, I have the, uh, the privilege of knowing a little bit more about what, what Brett's got going on than, than maybe uh, some people do. So I can yeah, just so move on, on and on and on. The one thing that, uh, that I just heard woven through both your conversations was that, um, you know, you guys are clear on what the value is and it starts there. So one of the, th one of the pitfalls I think that uh, the brokerage model is going through is if they don't haven't answered that question first, then they've got one choice, which is to try to be everything to everybody. And that just doesn't work. So if you guys understand, if, if um, a team leader or brokerage understands what their value is, then you match up with somebody whose number one intention is some sort of growth, whether it's time, income, freedom, things like that, that's a perfect fit. And in the absence of that, then it's always going to be the cost model. And, you know, like, like Brett said, it's a race to the bottom on that. And if somebody wants to go do three or four or five deals, then that's probably the perfect fit for them. Well, Brett, I appreciate you, um, again, being a, a, a returning guest uh, on Level Up. Um, and if I was somebody that's, uh, do you, are you only in the Silicon Valley? Have you expanded beyond that yet? Yeah, we're actually launching uh, this summer. And today's June 2nd or June 3rd as we record this. In three weeks, actually, we are launching in the uh, Lake Tahoe market in Northern California. Fantastic. So that'll be our, our next expansion. Um, and uh with, with plans to expand. Our, our model specifically, the way we've, we've created our brand real estate experts um, seems to work really well in million dollar price point markets, uh, million dollars plus. So that's kind of our, our expansion plan. Uh, so we'll, we'll be doing some stuff in, in, in and around our current area, as well as Southern California, I think are, yeah. are our next destination. Yeah. Well, if anybody out there that's listening to this is um, in the Silicon Valley area, or if you're in the Tahoe area, I would talk to uh, Brett. I, you know, um, there, there's opportunities there. So, you know, reach out. What's the best way for someone to reach out to you if they want to kind of? Yeah, great, great question. Um, I, I host a blog um, that we, we do some of our training on, and it's called... Um, be a real expert. I'll pull it up on the uh, screen here real quick, do a quick screen share. But um, it, it, uh, if you're looking for, you know, tips or ideas on how these agents, um, you know, are doubling or tripling their, their business, um, both from strategy, strategies uh, and mindset, check it out. It's BeArealExpert.com. Um, and I, I, you know, if you're serious about growing your business, reach out to me. You can, you can uh, sign up for a monthly mastermind um, or, you know, message me directly and uh, on, on the blog and I, I'll reach back out. I, I love helping agents grow. That's kind of my, my number one thing. And actually there's a, a good interview actually, Greg, on this blog that you and I did, yeah. uh, keeping it real called direct marketing strategies yeah. where you, you, right. 
yeah, you dove into some stuff as well. So there's some more additional content if you guys are, are, are looking for that. And it's a great way to reach out. So you can contact us through that site. Well, cool. Well, again, man, I really appreciate it. And, um, and I still want to tap into you. I have some questions about that other program that I wanted to, that I'm involved in, that I need some information on. Uh, Brendan, I guess that's a wrap. So yeah. um, again, Brett, thanks. Brendan, thank you. And uh, we'll do this again, I'm sure.